Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King. This is where we discuss kitchen table topics that are banned from family gatherings, but super necessary to maintaining a strong republic. And today we're going to talk about something pretty interesting, something that I kind of just found out about, but it's it's something that I really am fleshing out a little bit more because this has got to be talked about. So we're going to talk about China, and we're going to talk about how China is utilizing our U.S. surrogate program. A lot of people don't know about this, but I want to make sure that before we jump into that, that I give a backdrop, a backdrop on why this is so important. I want to make sure that people understand that our relationship with China is something that is just, it's not a talking point. It is something that we've got to pay attention to. So I'm honestly not that concerned about China in and of itself, as much as I'm really, really concerned about who are, who, who is choosing to ignore China and China's influence. I want to make sure that we talk about what it does in in the beginning portion of this show, what it does when we are ignoring China's influence and we're ignoring what they're doing. So I recently read an article, and I'll make sure I put this on the website, allthingsjking.com, but I recently read a website, I read an article that mentioned a parent who allowed the Chinese Communist Party to maintain what they call supreme access according to this recent lawsuit. So what they did was they allowed the, through TikTok, they allowed China to be able to go through TikTok and get supreme access to all their stuff. And now this person was in America. And according to a recent lawsuit from a top executive who is from ByteDance, which is the company that owns TikTok, he was let go recently, this executive, because he was sounding the alarm on how his superiors are kind of like spying on Americans and spying on people. And he stated that ByteDance leadership knew that there was a special committee that was within the Chinese government that had a backdoor channel to access US, uh, the U.S. user data despite the company repeatedly denying it. So he kind of was like, nope, they're lying. They do have access. And... What he did was he he kind of just kind of pushed the envelope on this and was like, we've got to say something about this. Now, I'm going to drop that article in my fave reads section on my website, allthingsjking.com, because I really want you to read it for yourself. But the it, but that article kind of it, it upset me in a, in a unique way, because I thought about how parents and, and family members and just people, regular people are on social media, are on TikTok, and we think it's harmless and it almost becomes a joke. Right. It's almost like, well, those right wingers are over there talking about TikTok. So we're going to do everything that they claim. It's like they're not even investigating if what we're saying is true. They're just in their feelings. And so they're doing things that they think is coming after us, but it's really making them look ridiculous and it's quite embarrassing. So this is an example of what I'm talking about when I say that 
It's the ignorance and simply ignoring issues that I feel is a huge, huge problem. And thankfully, there aren't a lot of people who are like this parent and this person. Now, before we jump into the surrogacy stuff, I want to make sure that we put an emphasis on uh, why this discussion is important. I want to make sure that we put an emphasis on why we are, um, why why I'm talking about this. And a lot of it is because of our younger generation. I don't think the younger generation fully understands what's happening when it comes to China. So I want to ask you, I want you to ask yourself a question, right? Actually, a few questions, right? So I want to ask, I want you to ask yourself several questions. One, am I simply oblivious to what's going on? Am I someone who's just not involved, not there? Two, Am I purposely ignoring what I see, hoping that life will go back to normal at some point, right? If I'm not involved, if I kind of push it to the side, you know, the whole ignorance is bliss. Do I believe, another question, do I believe that all of this is just being blown out of proportion? That this is just a political stunt. It's all of us just kind of sound the alarm because we are playing political games and that everyone will see at some point that it's just not that serious. Another question. Am I one of those people who understands that America is a powerhouse and then honestly believes that nobody can take us down because of the size of our military and our influence? If you answer yes to any of those questions, believe me, you're not alone. There are a lot of people, I believe all people fit in a a form of those questions, right? I think a lot of people kind of think through those things. And even if you're someone like me, who is very involved in this, I have moments too where I'm like, okay, am I am I taking it a little too far? Have I been listening too much to my side of the aisle? Am I not being as balanced? And so I do question it sometimes. But then I do some research and I realize that I'm not far off. I think it's normal to desire to check out a bit. I think it's normal to want to be outside of the the, the craziness so and, and to focus on your life and achieving and doing things. And every time I get that feeling where I'm like, man, I really want to just focus on my life. I don't want to like draw into this. Every time I get that feeling... I find myself having these moments where I realize that everything I'm working hard for, like my husband and I are looking at land. We want to buy some land that's um, outside of in rural Georgia. And every time I think about that and I get excited about it, I can't help but go back to this emotion of, but how long will I be able to enjoy this? Because I understand that our country is not that special. It's special to us, but it's not special when it comes to whether or not we will be attacked. Like we will be we can be attacked just as much as any other country. We can fall just as much as any other country. And I have to always keep the main thing the main thing. But nothing positive occurs outside of that thinking. So I'm sorry, I'm inside that thinking. The moment, every time you have a moment of wanting to disconnect, you have to understand that there's nothing positive that's going to come out of that. This is our home. America is our home. And I truly believe that ignorance is one of the greatest threats to our republic. It's people that's just feeling like I can 
sit back and act like it's not existing, act like it's not happening, and then somehow, some way, it's all going to work itself out. I think most, when it, when it comes to China, I think most people know that TikTok and what the CCP has done when it comes to TikTok, I think people know that there is something connected to that. I think most people understand that the Communist Party has some type of connection to TikTok. But whether or not we want to believe it, I think sometimes in our hearts we think that if it's, we're just dancing and doing little dances, then that's nothing that they care about, so I'll just keep doing it. But what you're not thinking about is the fact that while we're over here doing little dances, their kids are understanding and being propagandized against us. So while our children are being dumbed down and it feels like our our children are the attention span not just in our young people but also in our grown adults when we see our attention span starting to drop that's not happening in china so there is an attack that's happening on our country and if we don't wake up to this we're going to find ourselves in a very very bad situation um i think few of us in America truly understand what communism is. And I think there's an even smaller group that understands how they attack. What are their attack tactics? Like, for instance, the Belt and Roads Initiative, which we're going to get into after the break. But there are things that China is doing that is very much so deeply connected to um, the strategies that were implemented during the Soviet Union time, during um, the Cold War. And I I think we need to pay attention to this because there is someone, and we're going to talk about this person, but there was a leader that my husband brought to my attention who stated that in so many words, and we'll get into what he said verbatim, but in so many words he said that his goal is to take America down without firing a single bullet, without enacting our military. And if you have a country where when we think of war, we only see it through the eyes of our soldiers being on the front lines and through gunfire and bombs, when you start to see yourself in a position where that's the only way you understand war and warfare, you are putting yourself in a very dangerous position. Because at the end of the day... There's so much more that's connected to warfare. So after the break, I'm going to go deep into understanding the tensions between China and the United States. I want to give you some historical background on this. And this is this is mostly for people like my age. I'm a, I'm a millennial. I'll be 40 next year. So there are people that this is for the people that are around my age, a little bit younger, because I mean, I know there are people that are older than me who don't fully understand. But in a lot of ways, I feel like my husband's generation is a Gen Xer and the baby boomers. I feel like they have a better understanding about what what what's happening and what's going on. So I really want to go into the historical background between the tensions between the U.S. and China before we jump into this latest attack on our country. And then I also want to kind of give some insight into the Cold War. And I want to highlight some tactics, some tactics that are utilized in order to impact our country. And I'm going to do all of that quickly because once we go into um, what they're doing when it comes to IVF and surrogacy, it's important to understand that this isn't something brand new. It's important to understand that it is something that is um, pretty much 
deeply, deeply concerning, and it's actually more of a, a tactic that's attached to all of their other tactics. So I think we need to make sure we pay attention to that. So please stick with me. I gave you just a little bit of an introduction around this topic, but we're getting ready to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to dive deep into this discussion. Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King. This is Extra 106.3 that you are listening to. And thank you so much for all those that are listening. Um, I really, really appreciate it. And I really, really love your feedback. So if you want to get in contact with me, if you want to share some things with me, um, I'm one of those people where, of course, we can do the comment section and all that good stuff and social media. But if you want to shoot me an email, I love it when people shoot me emails and just kind of reach out to me. You can go to allthingsjking.com. That's allthingsjking.com. And you can chat with me. So... Here's the thing. So before the break, we kind of started talking about why this subject around China and their tactics against our country is so, so important. Now, I want to kind of dive into the background. I want to dive into understanding where the tensions between China and U.S. lie and where it came. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. From And why are we here? So before I start discussing all of the tensions, I think it's important to note that there are some historical facts that we've got to lay out. So the relationship between the U.S. and China was shaped by a combination of historical facts, I'm sorry, historical events, geopolitical dynamics, and ideological differences. So those, to me, are the three core categories as to why we have these tensions. And to understand the tensions between China and, and our country, we have to go back to the mid-20th century. So following World War II, China went through a period of civil war, which eventually led to the establishment of the People's Republic of China under the communist leadership in under communist leadership in 1949. This moment marked a significant ideological divide between the United States, which was engaged in the cold, at the time we were engaged in the Cold War with the Soviet Union and China as they aligned themselves with different political and economic systems. So that's kind of how all of this started happening, right? Um, the China went through their thing, we were going through our things, and then it all kind of collided, and here we are. Now, throughout the Cold War, 
China and the United States had limited contact, and we were often at odds with each other. However, something happened in the 70s. So in 1970, um, in the 1970s, the geopolitical landscape began to shift again, recognizing that the potential benefits to improve relations, we, the United States, we sought to establish diplomatic ties with China. So we opened the door to building a relationship. And as a result of this, this led to um, President Richard Nixon's historical visit. He went to China in 1972, and it kind of normalized or created this normalization of relations between um, us and China. But as a result, it also opened us up to new economic opportunities between China and the United States. So over the following decades, China's economy underwent rapid, rapid growth. It just grew. It burst for the most part. And transformation. But become, it, it, it allowed them to become a major global player in the area of trade and manufacturing. And in return, the United States, we became increasingly reliant on Chinese goods. So you know how you kind of look on the back of everything and you see made in China? I remember growing up, I was born in the 80s, and I remember growing up in the 90s, and it seemed like everything everything that we were doing and repurchasing, it seemed like it was all made in China. So all of a sudden that happened. And however, you know, as China's economic power grew, so did its geopolitical ambitions. Well, that would make sense, right? I mean, it's like we're we're helping you become our number two in our competition, basically. I mean, obviously, you got to have relationships and you want to have those relationships, but we kind of overextended our help. So as a result of that, they took advantage of it, which they should. I mean, that, that's what you do, right? They took advantage of it, and now they're now in a position where they are very much so close to as it relates to power. And here we are today. Now, China's assertiveness in regional disputes is a reason why we're also concerned about them. So what I mean by that is they are now involved in this whole, the South China Sea and its rapid military modernization. It's really raising concerns amongst a lot of neighboring countries as well as um, the United States, as well as us, right? Because now it's like they're branching out into other things. Now, keep in mind, remember what I said about war not being or, or no longer just being when you have you know military people going to bat and fighting. So keep that in mind. So these developments that China implemented, uh, coupled with a lot of their human rights concerns, um, the issues related to intellectual property theft, um, unfair trade practices, let's see, um, just All of this contributed to the recent tensions that we are seeing right now between our two countries. And this led to both China and us engaging in a series of what I think I feel are just tit for tat trade disputes, imposing tariffs on each other's goods, as well as engaging in negotiations and to address economic imbalances and trade 
practices. So all of this kind of led us to where we are right now and the tensions that we're feeling right now. So before the break, I mentioned that my husband said something to me. He said that there was a leader who said that we will take America without firing a shot. What exactly what, what he actually said, what the full statement was, we will take America without firing a shot. We do not have to invade the U.S. We will destroy you from within. Now, who said that? Nikita Khrushchev. Khrushchev. That's who said it. He was the former leader of the Soviet Union from 1953 to 1964. And he's often credited with implementing strategies that were aimed to weaken the United States without a direct military confrontation. So this is, and just so in case you miss his quote, I have to repeat it. He said, we will take America without firing a shot. We do not have to invade the U.S. We will destroy you, talking about us, from within. Well, what's concerning about this is that we truly believe, my husband and I, and I just, I, I just believe this in my heart, that China is implementing these exact, if not exact, very similar strategies. And I am seeing this happen. Like now we are, we are now decades away from when uh, Nikita first said that. But here we are and we're seeing this implemented right now. What am I talking about? So some of Nikita's strategy was he he wanted to he, he involved himself in the nuclear arms race, the space race. He supported, uh, you know, anti-colonial movements and propaganda. And he did all of this. And now I feel like we're seeing the exact same thing. But before I get into what China's doing, let's talk about this. So the nuclear arms race. So during the Cold War, the Soviet Union engaged in nuclear arms race with, with the United States. That's number one. The space race. The Soviet Union successfully launched their first satellite, Sputnik, in 1957 and later sent the first human, Yuri, I think his name was Yuri Gagarin, Gagarin, uh, into space in 1961. If I'm butchering his last name, please forgive me. That will happen. <laughs> I, I am not good for some reason with that, but just correct me. Email me and correct me. He also supported and showed support for anti-colonial movements. So Khrushchev actively supported and funded, not just, you know, posted about it because obviously there was no social media, but, you know, to, in today's terms, it's not like just posting about it. He actually funded anti-colonial movements in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. The Soviet Union provided aid, military support, and ideological assistance to these movements, aiming to spread communist influence and undermine U.S. allies in regions of strategic importance. Sounds a lot like Black Lives Matter and George Soros to me. Because that's what Antifa is, right? I mean, we just arrested some people in the state of Georgia during the time of this recording. We, I mean, we just arrested people who were a part of this Antifa movement, and they are clearly being funded by an outside source. So it's very similar to what Nikita did back during uh, the the during the Soviet Union 
um, time and all of that drama. The Soviet Union promoted communist ideologies and criticized the perceived flaws of American capitalism. Sounds very familiar. Sounds very, very familiar. Sounds like that's what's happening in our universities right now, where they're telling us that capitalism is not good. This included disseminating anti-American narratives, supporting communist parties and movements worldwide, and actively seeking to undermine American influence. How does that connect to China? Fast forward to today. China is absolutely in the space race. They are no longer, we're not, we're not racing to the moon. However, what, what are they doing? They developed a hypersonic missile that went undetected by our satellites. I believe that, I believe I read that they shot this missile around our globe and the United States did not detect it at all. Now, we have since caught up, thank God, and but it but it had already been done. It had already been done. They beat us. They support anti-colonial movements and anti-American narratives. And that was the exact Soviet Union strategy. Today, China is employing these tactics through TikTok influencers and they are using this to separate us from their people. Right. They want us talking about one thing. They're talking about something else. And a lot of their stuff that they're talking about are things that are anti-American in America. And if you don't believe me, if you ask anyone between the ages of 13 and 30, how or where do they stand when it comes to patriotism? It's always primarily, I'll say, I'll say primarily, not all of them, but it's primarily that they are just not a fan. I love my country, but I don't. I think most Gen Zers are, which are the individuals that are born between 1990 and 2010s, they think that our country is racist and they, 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 they feel like it doesn't support diversity. Although, if you look around, our country is the only country that is as diverse as it is. We are clearly the melting pot. But anyway, moving on. Some other stuff that China is doing is economic coercion. They are also involved in debt diplomacy, and that's where the Belt and Roads Initiative comes in at. So China's Belt and Roads Initiative is is pretty interesting. Basically what it is is an infrastructure development and investment project that spans to multiple continents. And what they do is they finance and they construct infrastructure projects um, in these countries. So for instance in Africa, I forgot which part of Africa, but there's a, there's a country in Africa that their main, their, they only have one airport and that one airport was financed by China. And when the country's leaders decided that they wanted to re negotiate the deal China said no and if they and, and, and the return was if you do not continue with the deal that we put in place this is China then we are going to shut down your airport do you know what that would do to a country it would decimate that country why because they can't get any trade in and they can't get any trade out so that's the type of stuff that they're doing and today China holds over trillions of dollars of our debt I think it's right around, or if not more at this point, $31 trillion. I mean, I'm sorry, considering that we are $31 trillion in debt, China holds 
a huge portion of that. Not only that, but they also own millions of American farmland that they're not farming on. So in 2018, I think I saw that they owned right around 2.7 million acres of land in our country. And I spoke to a woman who said that she, she, she investigates white collar crimes and it, um, it, it was a flag because there's so many people from China that were purchasing properties and land and just doing things. So it was a bit of a flag. Other forms of attack that they are utilizing is cyber espionage, intellectual property. We kind of talked about that. And then exploiting divisions and frag- fragmentation. So all of that kind of goes into those things. But what I want to briefly talk about really quickly, and the reason why I say briefly is because I really want to bring on the young lady who is going to, uh, who wrote this article. Her name is Emma Waters. And I, oddly enough, my husband and I was at a conference. And while we're at the conference, and this was for our business, we're general contractors. And so while we're there, you know, we had our business development director there and he was working the table. And so we just kind of swung by the table because we kind of go to kind of network. And while we were there, a client of ours, representative, walked up and he was just talking to us, you know, and they know we're in politics. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious now. You can pretty much Google us. So he walked up and started talking to us about his daughter, who's also in media. And then a recent story that she did about the industrial scale Chinese surrogacy program. So did you even did you know that this was being done here in the United States, that there is an industrial scale Chinese surrogacy program that is being ran right here in the United States? So let's talk about it. So there are there there aren't any federal laws governing IVF or commercial surrogacy. It's it's pretty much a state-level issue, right? So it's a state-by-state basis. And in California, there are very, very little scrutiny around these, practice, these practices. Now, before you get all emotional, just know, I am not coming for IVF. I'm not coming for surrogacy at all. I, I, I believe that that is definitely a scientific phenomenon that has led to so many babies being born and have decreased our um, infertilities, infertility rates. And I, 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 I'm not against it. But what I am against is other countries using U.S. surrogates to birth their children. So, and so having, and I'm also against not having good regulation around this having few laws around these practices. Researchers found that California has become an intentional hotspot for commercial surrogacy. And that wealthy Chinese are taking advantage of this. The article I read was written by Emma Waters, and she outlines that the the uh, Chinese surrogacy game that is opening the door to have these children, their children, born in the United States. So apparently, since 2013, Chinese nationals have moved from the traditional birth tourism. What is that? So the traditional birth tourism um, is it's basically where a woman would come to the United States with the intention of having her baby born here. And now they're using American surrogates to bear their children. So the whole process is being changed. Today, 
China is one of the biggest clients of American assisted reproductive technology, costing upwards to $300,000 per child. So let's think about this, right? So there was a time where if you wanted to, and for China, I mean, this, this is for China because there's clearly it's still happening, but where if you want to have a baby here in America, you would be pregnant, you'll get pregnant in China, you'll come over here, you'll give birth here. And that process was like extremely costly. It was extremely um it was just a lot, right? Uh, it's a lot of red tape around that. But no, today you can just pay your money and you can now have a baby with using American surrogate and we're going to get into what that means and why that is the case, like why this is important. But before I note that, I have to say this. While we're allowing all of this to happen here in America, while we are um, supporting this, particularly coming out of California, while California is the international hotspot for commercial surrogacy, guess what? Commercial surrogacy is illegal in China. Isn't that interesting? So they come over here to do the very thing that they ban in their country. You can't bring sperm, you can't bring eggs, you can't bring embryos into that country. It is against their law. What is going on? Why is America acting so weak? I think that's the thing that upsets me the most, is I'm just like, are we or are we not the powerhouse of this world? Are we or are we not America? Come on, what's happening? So the article that I read, like I said, it's very, very disturbing. And I'm working on getting Emma to come on the show because I really, really want her to go deep into what this is. I want her, I have a lot of questions actually, and I'm not afraid to ask them. Um, but I do, I have a lot of questions around this. Um, but this also got me thinking about something else. It got me thinking about dreamers, and I think I'm going to do a show on the dream on dreamers. And dreamers are the uh, their children who were born um, in America. Their parents were illegal, um, and, but it is it, there is a cutoff as to who actually you know constitutes a, a dreamer. But even with that, there's a large group of people who are here, young people who are here that are participating in our daily activities. There, I mean, they were born here, right? Um, and so. With that being said, there are I, I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're fighting against dreamers. There are a lot of people who feel like dreamers should go back to the countries where their parents were, you know, where or where they were conceived, but not necessarily born. And but I'm like, why are we not cracking down on the China surrogacy program? Because that's also a huge problem. And becoming a part of the surrogacy, surrogacy program, it means that when you're born here, if, if when that baby's born here, that baby gets a, a, a social security number, they get to have access to our education. And I think after a certain number of years, their parents can now become citizens as well. So think about this, right? We have pa people, parents in China, who are hiring American surrogates to give birth to their children, and their children are getting the same access as every other American child, and 
we can't stop it. I don't know. I think that's a problem. I think it's a huge, huge problem. Well, after the break, I'm going to talk about what we should do. And I want to talk a little bit about messaging to Gen Zers. I want to talk a little bit about how do we talk about this? Um, how do we message this whole China conflict? And where do we go from here? Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am your host, Janelle King, and you're listening to Extra 106.3. And if you're joining me for the first time, don't you worry. You can listen to the full episode on my podcast. So if you missed the first half of this and you're like, oh, my God, I want to make sure I get that because it's just so good. Um, you can listen to the entire show on my podcast this coming Tuesday. So I upload every Tuesday following the Saturday show. Um, and if you're a reader, I am working on transcribing my podcast and my radio shows because I want to make sure that um, everyone has access to it. And I will be uploading that on the Peach Pundit that will drop that that will drop as well on Tuesdays. So if you are interested in all of that, you can go to my website, allthingsjking.com, and you'll be able to grab the links to listen, read, everything. My fave reads are there, so the articles that I talk about on this show will be there, so you can read the full thing for yourself. I have a pet peeve. I hate it when people don't read the full articles. And I'm not saying, I mean, I'm guilty of it sometimes, but it is a pet peeve. <laughs> like, just looking at headlines and... Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps it $5 minimum balance required. And not reading the full article. We've got to do that. So let's get back to China. I want to make sure I emphasize why we need to take this China threat seriously. Before the break, we talked about the surrogacy program. We talked about the Belt and Roads Initiative. We talked about how they're influencing our conversations through TikTok. They are very much so in this. But most importantly, if you don't get anything out of this, I want you to walk away with a new, a renewed mindset around warfare. I don't want you to see military action as the only form of warfare because we are most certainly at war with China and other countries, but, but mostly China. And taking the China threat seriously and avoiding ignorance is super, super important. It's certain, super important for several reasons. There are a few reasons that I looked up and I researched, and I, I want to break them down a little bit. So I took some notes on why I believe these are, se these are, they are, these are serious, serious reason, uh, issues, and here are my reasons. One, the economic impact. That's my number one reason. China is, right now is the world's second largest economy, and it plays a very significant role, a huge significant role, in global trade and supply chains. And ignoring these complexities and challenges posed 
by China's economic policies, such as their unfair trade practices, such as their intellectual property theft, their market manipulation. Ignoring all of that will have major effects on the nation's our nation's economies. Um, understanding and addressing these issues, in my opinion, is crucial. And it's crucial to maintaining fair competition because we're a capitalist and we believe in competition, as well as protecting our natural our, our uh, national interests. Another issue, another reason why I think this is super, super important is the geopolitical influence. China's growing influence on glo- the global stage is evident through their initiatives. A lot of those initiatives I mentioned. Let's not forget their human rights concerns. We heard about what's happening with the Uyghurs. Um, let's also not forget the technological competitiveness. China right now is investing heavily in technological advancements, um, and they have their ambitions set on AI, 5G, and quantum computing. So that's something. Of course, we have the cybersecurity issues as well. But let's jump into how we can message to our young people, because that is the biggest concern for me, too, is that our young people are not familiar or not aware of what's happening. And what I don't like is when I see the older generation, and I'm including myself, you know, we have to be careful that we're not beating kids down or or these young people, these young adults, beating them down by not knowing things. We need to educate. We need to be able to do it in a way that's impactful as well. So when discussing these tensions between China and the United States with the gen- Generation Z population, I think it's important to stress the significance of understanding the cultural context and providing concrete examples. Our, our Generation Z is a different group. Um, the, as a millennial, we came in hot as well, and everybody had a lot to say about us too. And every generation brings something unique and something different. I actually admire the fact that Gen Zers, they're very empathetic, very, very empathetic, almost to a default. So, but keeping that in mind, the Gen, Gen Z, like any other generation, they value cultural diversity and inclusivity. Like that is just something that is really, really important to the younger generation. And we said for a number of years that we wanted to make sure we live in a country that is that, that has kind of moved on past um, our, you know, the racism and like all of our, our cultural issues. So we now have a generation that we've produced that is um, very empathetic and very concerned about those issues. Now, how they go about it, we may differ on, but I understand that. So emphasizing the importance of understanding the Chinese culture, traditional values, um, their traditions, and the history... I think through doing that, we can then foster the conversations that we want to have and have some respectful dialogue. Another thing we need to keep in mind is we need to avoid generalizations. I think that's something else that I've noticed that Gen Zers are not a fan of. It's that Gen Zers value fairness and equality very much so. And so avoiding generalizations is very, very key. So when when we're discussing these concrete examples and these specific incidents, let's avoid the broad stereotypes and all that stuff, right? Let's understand Understanding the cultural context helps to avoid kind of painting this entire nation as one thing. Now, here's where I do disagree when it comes to the Gen Zers, because I feel like Gen Zers point, I mean, paint the Republican Party with a broad brush, right? They kind of generalize everyone else, but they don't want us to generalize others. So we've got to make sure we get a little bit of that. So if you're a Gen Zer and you're listening, pay attention to that. Be aware of your own biases so that we all can have these good conversations. Um, 
when it comes to actions and policies, I think understanding the cultural context helps to provide a backdrop for analyzing actions and policies for both countries. Um, I think having concrete examples are something uh, serve as like a grounding force in cultural understanding, and it kind of helps Gen Zers see that the broader picture. So make sure though that when you have examples, you have real examples. I mean, there's nothing more than when I see somebody say when when I see a young person ask us for an example we're talking about and then we say something that's rooted in some type of opinion or emotions we got to make sure we have actual concrete examples all right I mean I I, I, that would annoy me too Um, how you feel about something is not an example it's not that's not concrete (laughs) it's not an example Something else is I think we need to promote constructive dialogue. Now, I sat on a panel once and I sat through a host of just conversations with the liberals and I didn't say anything. The moment I got on the stage, I saw a lot of Gen Zers get up and walk out. They didn't want to hear what I had to say simply because I was connected to the Republican Party. We've got to stop doing that. If you're a young person, you're listening to me. You got to be open to hearing something that's against what you believe, because that's the only way that you're going to develop your thought process and hone your skills and your argument. Doesn't mean you have to believe what I believe, but you do need to hone those skills. So I think for us, by emphasizing the importance of cultural understandings um, and providing concrete examples, like I stated before, we can encourage our Generation Z to engage in informed, constructive dialogue. And this approach, I believe, will help us to critically evaluate these complex issues. Um, I think it would allow us to be able to really kind of talk into these things. So that's what we have today. I, oh my God, this show went by so fast. And I am like, man, I could talk about this forever. But stay tuned. I'm going to work on getting Emma because I really, really want to dive into her research I love feedback. Go to my website, allthingsjking.com. If you're listening to this and you're on the podcast, please make sure you rate this show, like, share, do all those things. Follow me on social media. You know how to do it. You know what I'm talking about. Do all of that stuff. Thank you for talking about this with me. We've talked about it. Now you go talk about it. Thank you for listening. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.